today. The Democrats turn on Joe Biden over the border crisis. Black Lives Matter comes out against vaccine mandates. And the Democrats swear they can pay for this $3.5 trillion social agenda. Do you believe them? <laughs> We've got a lot coming up and it all starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. We have a full table today. I'm really excited. We've got Stu Bergier, host of Stu Does America, because it is Thursday and he is here. Uh, We are also joined by Andrew Wilkow, uh, another fellow Blaze TV host of uh, the Wilkow show. Just Wilkow. Radio's Wilkow Majority. Wilkow Majority. Okay. Also his own radio show, Will Come Majority. That's what I was going to say the whole time. <laughs> All right. Uh, and also joined by, he is in town, Will Witt, host at PragerU and also best-selling author, How to Win Friends and Influence Enemies, which I hear a little birdie tells me is available right now. Oh, my goodness. A little birdie told you right. Yeah. It's available now on Amazon. We hit number one new release on Amazon during launch week, which has been incredible, saying the top 100. But you can also, if you don't want to support Jeff Bezos, you can get it anywhere <laughs> else. Books are sold. Books a million, Barnes & Noble, Target, wherever else. That's awesome. Uh, and I want to talk to you a little bit before we before we end the program. I want to talk to you a little bit more about the book, yeah, if you definitely. don't mind. Um, all right, so let's get into the headlines of the day, because you got to love this. The Democrats, you know, we talked about this on the show the other day, uh, that you have this radical side of the Democrats now, this radical wing, and it's not just the lawmakers, but it's also the people who the Democrats have radicalized, specifically, you know, the last five years with President Trump. Everything was a disaster. Anything President Trump did was wrong. President Trump was building concentration camps on the border, and you're radicalizing all of these people, all of your base. What's going to happen when you turn around and do the same thing and these people see you who you've just radicalized and they're like foaming at the mouth over it uh, when someone else does it? Are, are they going to still act the same way? So it's been interesting to see this play out within the Democrat Party. Uh, but here today we had good old Representative Maxine Waters of California uh, accusing the Biden administration of acting not only like uh, former President Trump, which... I'm sure it's bad enough since he is like literally Hitler. But uh, he, she was discussing the uh, whipping, you know, the whipping of the Haitian migrants. Everyone saw it. All this video footage came out and it showed like the, the men with all of these whip. Look, he's mm-hmm. whipping the. Mi- oh, wait, it's no. He's, yeah. It's just his reins and it's not a whip and he's not. They're like, this is genocide. Huh. It's like, yeah. Yeah, genocide does not happen when people are holding to-go containers. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're just like loading up to-go food, food from Chili's. <laughs> he can't, there's the... <laughs> you can't have a genocidal catastrophe with chilies involved. It's just the rules. Uh, but Re- uh, Representative Maxine Waters over in California actually accused the Biden administration over this whole debacle of uh, treatment of these migrants worse than slavery. Let's cue Auntie Maxine. Go. I'm unhappy, and I'm not just unhappy with the cowboys who were running down Haitians and using their reins to whip them. I'm happy with the administration. We are following the Trump policy. He is the one that does not follow the Constitution and would not 
allow hmm. those seeking refuge to be able to petition to get into the country. What the hell are we doing here? What we witness takes us back hundreds of years. What we witnessed was worse than what we witnessed in slavery. Cowboys <laughs> with their reins again whipping black people, Haitians, into the water where they're scrambling and falling down and all they're trying to do is escape from violence in their country. Mm. Now, I obviously was not around during slavery, nor am I black. I'd like to just get those two things out of the way. So I can't speak for the black people who are endured slavery, but I feel like they probably would have loved it if they could have voluntarily walked across a border and gotten to go food and uh, all of these things handed to them and uh, got put on a flight to, you know, El Paso and all of these other. I feel like slaves would have actually been like, this is way better than getting beaten and working for free. They definitely make that trade. Uh, <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I, think I feel right. really I think confident right about this. There's so much wrong with that <laughs> statement. It's hard to really get to all of it. But you mentioned the radical wing of the Democratic Party. What other wing? Wait, well, that's, wait, a, that's a fair point. Is Joe Manchin a wing? Because I, I, I don't know. Who, I don't know who is in this moderate wing of the party anymore. Well, you have the establishment, though. Who yeah, no. knows? They know you can't. You like you can't run a country this way. Yeah. No, I think that's true. But I mean, Joe Biden was supposed to be the other side, right? Joe yeah. Biden was pitched as this pragmatic guy. He's the guy. He's got. You know, look, he's just normal. He's lunch bucket Joe. He's not going to be like these crazy. He's not going to be like AOC. I mean, has there been? Uh, he's acted as an incredibly. Uh, ideological president. He's stuck to in decisions that aren't working out. I mean, how do you test uh, someone who's really ideolog uh, ideolog uh, ideological? You look at someone who's like having a tough time with that ideology, and you say, they pushed through those tough times, right? Look at Afghanistan. He wanted us out of Afghanistan. He didn't care what happened. The border, he doesn't care what happens. He doesn't care how ugly this gets. He keeps pushing through it and pushing through it with the same uh, sort of strategies. It's really shocking, if, I think, for the you know, there are a few million people out there who were fooled by this, who said, you know what, this guy, uh, he, he seems like a normal guy. You know, Donald Trump, there's all this chaos around him. I can't, I can't take that anymore. I just want to have a return to normalcy. That's how they pitched the Biden. Boor the boring presidency. The boring presidency. Yeah. Has there been a minute that has been boring? I mean, it's been nonstop catastrophe since this guy walked into the Oval Office, and it doesn't seem like there's a, an end anywhere nearby. Yeah. Well, that's because people's arrogance and vanity is so elevated at this point. I mean, listening to what Maxine Waters said, it is her arrogance and vanity. It's Joe Biden's arrogance and vanity mm -hmm. that says, I don't care what happens to these people in Afghanistan. I don't care what happens to these people at the border. I don't care about all of the women who are being sex trafficked across the border because they're doing such a bad job at handling illegal immigration. Mm -hmm. They don't care about any of those people. It's not like illegal immigrants are moving into Maxine Waters neighborhood <laughs> right. or, or into the neighborhoods in D.C. where the White House is. I mean, they're not moving into these places. They're moving into urban communities and gangs like MS-13 are coming in and destroying some of these communities. So it doesn't affect them. They can be as arrogant and vain and pompous as they want and say whatever they want. But in the end, it doesn't matter at all. Yeah, Andrew. I'm going to go on record and say I'm anti-Maxine. Nobody oh should take God. the Maxine, right? Like, <laughs> just don't don't take the Maxine. Find find something else. Now they're we're going to put a warning label I'm on trying, this video. I'm trying to keep up with though. You probably will. I'm trying to keep up with defund the police. So it was defund the police until January 6th. People rushed the Capitol. They love the police. People mm -hmm. rushed the border. They don't like the police. Mm -hmm. So it's it's it, it seems to be a question of who the police are acting on. Now, I don't think anyone 
looks at what took place on January 6th as peaceable assembly, right? We, right. we accept right, that. Right, right. But how can you say people rushing the Capitol, people rushing the border, right? And the difference is those are citizens. They're wrong. They should be innocent until proven guilty, tried and convicted if there's qualifying evidence. But these people are non-citizens who are not asylum seekers or refugees because that's a legal process. If they were informed of what they were doing was legal, they would have gone to a nearest legal point of entry and said, I'm here to file my asylum claim. Mm-hmm. You don't sneak in the window when you got keys to the building. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, we saw the report a couple days ago that there were some some of the Haitians that had like taken over a bus. and mm-hmm. were trying. It's like, oh, they were very peaceful, law-abiding. Oh, wait, they can't be law-abiding because the way that they got here was not, in fact, law-abiding. Uh, I'd also love to hear what anti-Maxine thought was uh, part of the Constitution that Trump was not upholding. Or the but part Joe, about that, that, but that Joe Biden is the part of the Constitution that defines asylum. Yeah, I'm like, I, yeah. I think like we do have borders, and they are supposed to be enforced in some law somewhere. You'd have to dust it off, probably, but I'm pretty sure it's on the books. Which is wild, because actually, you know, with Joe Biden as vice president under Obama, they deported more illegal immigrants than under the Trump administration. So what is he actually comparing it to? That's a great Well, it's also because more of them thought they could get in under Obama. When they they saw Donald Trump coming, they're like, I... I don't know, we should try this one. So fewer people tried, so fewer people got deported. It was it was not a noble effort on Obama's behalf. Yeah. Well, he didn't all of a sudden find, find his sovereignty. It's really funny that, you know, looking back on the record and looking in 1975 when we were having refugees from Saigon coming in, and Joe Biden, as a uh, senator in Delaware, said, why are we letting all these refugees in? We're not vetting these people. Why are we letting them in? That was, you know, a lot of years ago. But he's totally changed his tune. The entire left has changed their tune on the illegal immigration debate. It used to be that the left, were the were anti-illegal immigration because they were pro-union and so it brought down wages across America and now they're like no they're undocumented migrants this is the the civil rights issue of our time it's like what changed why is it like this now yeah, and I think you can make a, an argument, too, that, like, asylum, there, there's something great about asylum. If it's used correctly. When it's not abused. When it's not yeah. abused. Right. Asylum is not, as you point out, you're supposed to go to the nearest uh, the nearest point port, of ent- yeah. port of entry. Like, if you le- get on a boat and your nearest port of entry is in, in Del Rio, Texas, you have a drunk captain. You've gone the wrong <laughs> way. <laughs> you need to go. The, it, it's not serious. You know, yeah. you find w- with these uh, illegal immigrants trying to cross the border, uh, dozens and dozens of Chilean driver's license tossed aside because they don't want them to know they've been living in Chile since 2010. Right. You know, and look, I have you have it's understandable to have some sympathy for these people who who have a clear signal from this government that it's okay to do what they're doing. You know, I mean, they keep we keep communicating. Just come. We're open. Donald Trump was mean. We're nice now. Come, 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 come. And then they come and then they, you know, they're stuck on her bridge for weeks. It's not a it's not a good look. And we we do a really bad job. And it's the anti-humanitarian effort by inviting people to come on a dangerous journey with none of their possessions, with drug dealers and uh, coyotes and all these other things to put them in danger in a hundred degree heat under a freaking bridge. That there's no that's not the humanitarian side of this argument. Well, uh, the Biden administration would like you to focus on the uh, the the problem, the real problem at hand when it comes to the border, which is not all of the things that you just said, Stu. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay. Mm-hmm. It it is that there were the horses. And the I, I love this line. Uh, Jen Psaki, we'll play her in a second, uh, announced that the Border Patrol agents will no longer be permitted to use horses to guard the border in Del Rio, Texas, after, quote, horrific photos emerged of agents 
swinging long reins while interacting with, <laughs> with Haitian migrants. Here's Jen Psaki uh, on that watch. We feel those images are horrible and horrific. There is an investigation the president certainly supports overseen by the, the Department of Homeland Security, which he has conveyed will, uh, will happen quickly. I can also convey to you that the secretary also conveyed to civil rights leaders earlier this morning that we would no longer be using horses in Del Rio. Uh, so that is something, a policy change that has been made in response. So now they're back, Andrew, to your point earlier. Now they're back to the the, the police are wrong. Yeah, police are bad. Yeah. Horses are bad. If there were horses, yes. if there were horses on the Capitol steps on January 6th, they would be putting medals on the horse's saddle, right? They'd be calling the horses before Congress. Mr. Horse, tell us about that day when the white nationalist insurrection stormed the Capitol. You know, that's what they would be doing. You know they'd be doing it. Yeah. MSNBC would, you know, Rachel Maddow would be sitting with one of the horses. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> And now there's just down there's there's an investigation now. Will, I, it's unbelievable to me that the level of delusion in this country can be elevated to so much. Something that starts out as a fake picture, and then some blue checkmark journalists on Twitter pick it up, and then now the White House is picking it up and doing an investigation. When it takes five seconds to know that this is just all lies, and it's like this is how bad truth has gotten in this country, and how the left has viewed truth as a subjective thing, and says you have your truth, you have your truth, and we can all have our own truths, and that is the wrong way to look at the world. But that's how the left views it. You know, I think that we really need to be getting back to objective truth and knowing that there is one truth and then we can actually have fair discussions mm. but if no one can agree on the right thing then how are we supposed to talk about these issues yeah that's a great point um all right we've got more to come first we want to thank our sponsor omega xl so uh if you are one of many americans you just like live in pain all the time maybe you've reached the age <laughs> i mean I don't know anyone in particular. It's not like I'm talking about myself, but maybe you've reached the age where you like pull something rolling out of bed. I don't know. I'm just saying. Right okay, now at 20, I feel better. At 25 years old. Okay, happens. great. Me too. I'm 25 years old too, and it happens to me all the time. Uh, Omega XL is there uh, for all of you people living in pain. It actually attacks the inflammation that is causing your pain, which oftentimes you don't realize is the real problem. Uh, you're going to rub a topical cream on there, and you're like, this feels really awesome for 10 minutes, and then you are back in pain. Omega XL will actually neutralize the inflammation. It is backed by 35 years of clinical research. It is, I know I'm sitting with three men at the table and I'm going to take a moment and just be sexist and say, men always, they're like, mm, but it's natural. Does it work? Yes, it actually does. Pat Gray actually found this out. He was hesitant to take it because it was natural, and he did, and it helped him when he had these elbow issues. Uh, he was like in severe pain, and finally, after a week, started feeling better. Two weeks, felt totally normal again. You got to try it. It can change your life. Order Omega XL right now. Get a second bottle for free. Go to OmegaXL.com slash news. That is OmegaXL.com slash news. Good old Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer today announced a deal to pay for Joe Biden's ambitious social agenda. Now, I I think that you guys will be very shocked to hear they didn't actually give any details on like how they plan to do this. Um, but here is Nancy Pelosi talking about the spending plan. And listen, it's not it's not about how much you spend, really. It's about values. Watch. This is not about price tag. 
This is about what's in the bill. What's in the bill? For children, what's in the bill? No, seriously, what's in the bill? Universal pre-K, child care, child tax credit, family medical leave for their families. <laughs> protecting the planet for them. It's about specific legislation. How much does that cost? How do we pay for it? It's about the climate issues, as I ended on that, on the climate huh? issues in terms of using the tax code uh, to, uh, to stimulate the business aspects of this to meet the emissions goals. Uh -huh. And that's part of how we make some decisions in there. Do, do these, does this use of the tax cut help meet the president's emission goals that we have as a nation? So it, it's, a, it's not about a, a price tag or anything. It's about values, not mm. dollars. I think Nancy was uh, she a little heavy-handed on the vodka before she got up to uh, to the podium. Yeah, <laughs> it does seem that way. Uh, she certainly uh, acted as if she was drunk in that statement because none of it made any sense. And did you? And the and hands the, were very wild. Very odd hand gestures huh. from Nancy. Uh, you know, look, it's they built this bill on a number. It started with $3.5 trillion. It, it, the, they start with these giant numbers and then they fill in the details after. Like if we really had these major concerns and things we really needed to get done, they would say, here's what we have, here's what it costs, and then they'd add those numbers up and come to us. Instead, they say, we need $3.5 trillion, let's fill in all the details afterward. Um, you know, look, I don't think they're gonna get $3.5 trillion. There probably will be some pushback on this. But it's, it's, it's hard for me to believe that no matter how much Joe Manchin and Chris, Kirsten Cinema actually say to push back on this eventually, um, that the, the progressives are not going to accept it. I mean, is, is, really, is AOC really going to stop $3 trillion from being spent because she wants it to be four? It's hard for me to believe that's going to really happen. At the end of the day, the moderates, in theory, if there are any, have the power here. They just whether they're actually going to execute it. And my guess is the answer to that is not much. Yeah. The best part is Dick Durbin said he had no idea what was going on with this last one today. <laughs> and and from, from when I skate on my taxes this year, I'm going to say, listen, Mr. Iris agent, it's not really about what I owe. That's a price. <laughs> it's about what's in my tax return, okay? And there's all sorts of stuff in there. So, you know, it's not about the amount of money so much. Right. Yeah. When, it's about values. Yeah. I mean, it's funny. We were talking about the border crisis before this. And it's like someone like Nancy Pelosi will come and say, oh, the wall's so racist. Not letting all these people in is so racist. And then in these spending bills, they are sending millions of dollars to other countries so that they can build border walls around their countries <laughs> to keep people out. Well, it's they like, did cancel Iron Dome, right? The, the yeah. I think, I think, yeah, <laughs> she and Tlaib got that one in there. Yeah. It's like you are doing the exact opposite thing. So these, these types of huge spending bills are not really about actually helping the American people. It really seems to be like they're about kickbacks and helping their buddies out who actually got them into these positions of power. Well, and I think, too, another component is I think they like to see what they can slip in because as we've seen with the child care tax credit, you know, they, well, and literally everything else that the Democrats do, uh, they, they want to give that to the people so that once you try to take it away, or even if they have some sort of a sundown provision and they're, okay, it's going to end at, at this, you know, 2024 or whenever, and they're already talking about the child tax care credit, like, uh, well, we got to give it to them in 2025. We need, to, we need to continue this. How could you let Americans out on the streets and starve? I mean, everyone's... Got, remember Obamacare? Oh. It was like, well, you can't take insurance away from them now. They'll die in the streets. Pre-K. They'll die in the streets. Yeah. 
everyone will die if you take away their money. So it's like, let's see what we can slip in because we know you can't undo that once we put it in. I will say she did drunkenly slur through one good point there, which was that it really isn't about money. You know, it really isn't. It, the value here... Until you pay your taxes. Well, yeah, that's... Well, to them, it's not. But it's about control, right? Yeah. It's about yeah. them having a giant amount of control over your life, how much money is coming in. I mean, the, the way that they formatted these payments where they would come out monthly instead of in, in the tax return at the end of the year is yeah. really telling, yeah. right? Like, it, they want you to be dependent on them. That's the value. Uh, it's got nothing to do with helping children. It's got nothing to do with all this other stuff. W- that's what it, it, it re- what really matters. And the difference between two and three trillion dollars there, while significant, and I want to save the trillion dollars, is it's it's not that big of a deal. The the bigger the bigger deal here is what they're trying to do long term and lock us into. And we're going to be stuck with this stuff. We, they keep saying it's three trillion dollars. Well, that's over ten years. These programs don't go away. They're mm-hmm. the the actual amount of money is infinity. <laughs> Just a matter of how long of a time period you want to look at. Believe it or not, there is a tool called rescission which we never use, Mm -hmm. which we should use. These, this COVID relief package, it's funding teacher bonuses five years into the future is, it's absurd. Mm -hmm. The idea that you are looking five, 10 years down the road, you are hindering a Congress and a president a decade later, you are billing people who are entering the workforce. If you're 10 years old right now, you're gonna be paying for something you had no way of voting for a decade from now. The Congress, if we get real conservatives to take over the House and Senate, they have to say, we're going to bring the, every, all this to a screeching halt. This money's coming back, mm-hmm. and it's going back to the people, and then we'll start a new budget all over again. But they make their budgets first, and then figure out where to get the money from second. Mm-hmm. Right. Look, I mean, in 2016, look, we had we had the presidency, and we had yeah. the Congress, yeah. and don't even think about getting abortion outlawed. We couldn't even get Planned Parenthood defunded. Right. No. So, I mean, getting these conservatives into office and saying, oh, well, maybe we can fit. Those guys are not... Exactly. So we need, like, like real candidates who are yeah. going to be serious about this kind of stuff, or, or we are just going to be, you will owe nothing, and you will be happy, essentially. How, how do you do that, though? Because, and I'm, you know, I'm going through this not personally, but our friend and fellow host Chad Prather, you know, for instance, he's running for governor. And as you, if you're just an, a regular person, you start to realize very quickly once you go through this, like they make it impossible. They've set it up that way on purpose. They make it impossible for the average person, for good candidates to be able to run, yeah. you know, uh, efficiently. Yeah, it is nearly impossible. And that's why people ask me, like, if I would ever in the future run, yeah. I'm like, if the only reason that I would run for office right now with our current political system is I would do it for my own vanity. And I say that genuinely <laughs> because because I don't think that if I were to get into office or run for office, the amount of good that I would be able to do would, would be enough to, to justify me getting all that money and spending all that money just because it is. I mean, politics in America, like when the Republican and Democrat has become very corporatized, where it's like the right has the things they're going to say, the left has theirs, and the right, you know, we'll have conservative conservative candidates come and say, we support free speech, we love the First Amendment, and then they're taking money from Google. Mm-hmm. Prager, you is suing YouTube for restricting our videos, who owns, Google owns YouTube. So it's like, what are you really fighting for? Yeah, and I mean, and to that point as well, Andrew, I'll give you last word on this. Um, you know, it's kind of like the the police force, how I feel about the police force too. Same thing with taking office is like, who's going to want to do it at this point? Like, what what is what is the payoff at the end of the day? You don't, as Will pointed out, you don't feel like you're going to actually do any amount of good because you're going to be hindered from doing so. Uh, you're going to get crapped on if you're a conservative. I mean, it's the same thing with the police. Like, what? Why would you want to go out there and risk your life every day? And at the end of the day, they're going to cut your funding. They're going to, you know, not respect you, uh, and they're going to try to put you in jail if you have to defend your life. They're they're dealing with AOC, right? That that's something they have to deal with. 
I don't know when it started in both parties, but it makes me sick when I look at this like map of hand-picked candidates, right? Yeah. You see this, the Republicans do it just as bad. You know, Senator so and you know, Congressman so-and-so won a Senate seat, now he's gonna handpick his successor. You know, and they, they're sort of like making sure that those that those people that, that come after them do exactly this, right? Mm -hmm. Like and it's it's kind of sickening. You you saw this with Mitch McConnell. He was not a fan of Rand Paul. Um, as soon as Rand Paul came in, there were lots of leaks from Rand Paul's office because Mitch McConnell was like, hey, you want to borrow some staffers? You know, and he was like, all right, I'm, I'm new here. I don't really know anyone. Here you go. Here's a couple of people who are totally loyal to me. And they're going to be telling me everything that's going on in your office. This, is, this happens on both sides. And that's why these platforms, whether it's TV, radio, podcast, YouTube, Rumble, whatever, mm -hmm. you ha we have to promote real conservatives that make it through our fire because they've answered the right questions, and then we have to hold them accountable, unlike the mistakes we made with the Tea Party, yeah. which was everyone glommed on, and then it went right back to where it started from right. with Ryan and McConnell. Right, right. Uh, all right, we've got more to come, but we got to take a break. First, I want to thank our sponsor of this segment, iTarget Pro. So uh, here's the thing. Guns are really fun, and practicing with them is really fun. But uh, you go to the range, you spend a day at the range, you blow through the ammunition, and that is really, really expensive. So if you're looking for a cost-effective, safe, really easy way to practice, this is where iTarget Pro comes in. So you can train in the safety and privacy of your own home. You literally put a laser bullet into your gun. Like, I'm not, it's, it's called a laser bullet. Look on the package. It is as cool as it sounds. They have them for all different types of calibers. You download an app on your phone and you use their, uh, their target along with your phone to track your progress. Uh, you dry fire over and over again, which is going to help you develop muscle memory, sharpen your target reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger function, uh, and so much more. Like I said, they come in all major calibers so you can stay sharp with all of your firearms. You can go to itargetpro.com save 10% and get free shipping with the offer code NEWS. It is going to pay for itself in like one usage with all of your the money that you're going to save from all of the range and ammunition fees. That is itargetpro.com offer code NEWS. Uh, we mentioned earlier in the program the left eating their own with uh, Maxine Waters calling out the Biden administration over the treatment of illegal immigrants. It's always nice to see the left eat their own, including over in New York, uh, where the co-founder of a Black Lives Matter group over there, and I believe this is New York City, warned of an uprising similar to the George Floyd protests last year over all of the vaccine requirements that New York uh, has put into place. And, and by the way, restaurants are enforcing, like uh, I see it all the time, and people are very upset at the restaurants for kicking them out. And I'm like, what do the restaurants do? They're like, it's not their fault. They're being mandated to do this by the government. But uh, what, what is this guy's name? He has a... His, Hawk. Isn't it Hawk? Is it Hawk? <laughs> Hawk. <laughs> you mean Hawk Newsom? Yeah. Hawk, is it Hawk Newsom? Yeah. Is that what we're talking about? It, yeah, guy? yeah, yeah. Hawk, yeah. I thought yeah. you talking about the character from Spencer for Hire. <laughs> no, no. Yes. No, I knew because... Okay. Chivana Newsom was what, and I'm like, no, that's not what mm -hmm. he goes by. Right. Yeah, okay, Newsom. so Hawk Newsom, uh, he is, like I said, a Black Lives Matter co-founder of greater the Greater New York chapter. Uh, here is what he had to say over what he says are the racist vaccine mandates in New York. Watch. All restaurant industries, the service industry, needs to wake up to the realities that these mandates are unconstitutional. That's right. We need to stand up against them. Because those that are against us thinking that we are either anti-vaccine and whether they are or not, I don't care. The thing is, I am pro-choice. 
if they want to choose to get the vaccine, and if they want to deny it, they should have the choice to do so. Right. So if you mandate and you push them out of your industries, out of your restaurants, you, my people, are discriminating. It's the same as it was back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s. Now, has it changed? And let me, I think that was Tito X, but Hawk was there yeah. okay. uh, yes. during the protest. I, I was going to say, that's Tito X. What are yeah. you talking about? Duh. Obviously, Tito X. Anyone obviously would know that's Tito X. Duh. Uh, but, uh, but so Newsom actually said, Hawk Newsom said, 72% of black people in the city from ages 18 to 44 are unvaccinated. So what is going to stop the Gestapo? I mean, the NYPD from rounding up black people, from snatching them off the train, off the bus. Uh, we're putting the city on notice that your mandate will not be another racist social distance practice. Black people are not going to stand by or you will see another uprising. That is not a threat. That is a promise. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I kept waiting for it. I know. Because we all kept reciting the numbers, right? We all kept going, guys, you're acting like it's just MAGA-wearing people, MAGA-hat-wearing people who are not taking the vaccine. There's a large chunk of uh, minorities who don't want to take it. You're telling them, they, a bunch of black people, they can't go to restaurants. Yeah, we, don't we, see that playing out well. We have a situation where a dopey dolt of a white guy, Bill de Blasio, has put together a policy that bans th- you know, three-quarters of black people from entering restaurants. <laughs> That is an interesting development yeah. uh, from the uh, anti-racist party. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny because you know you look at um, you know Ibram Kendi. He uh, wants to have a constitutional amendment to, to uh, launch a department of anti-racism, uh, which would basically supersede the constitution and be able to just say no to any law passed if these experts say it's racist. But the the way they would determine that is based on what effect a law would have as far as equity goes. Not the intent of it. So it's not like whether you are placing, a, you know, putting together a law because you want to ban black people from restaurants. But if you pass a law that has the effect of banning people from uh, black people from restaurants and not white people, that would be illegal under this anti-racism statute. Um, so, you know, the old school racism that we used to talk about was banning black people from places like restaurants. And here we are again, where now the left is doing that. And it's up to conservatives to say, hey, like maybe people should be able to go where they want to go and have their freedom of choice as to whether they want to take a vaccine or not. That sh- that should be, I think, obvious to everyone. But like these ridiculous left-wing points keep going at each other in the intersection and no one's paying attention to the lights and they're just crashing into each other over and over again. It is really entertaining to watch. (laughs) (laughs) It is. Will, what are your thoughts? I mean, it's entertaining to watch, but it's sad that this is the state that we're in. I'm actually flying to New York tomorrow. And so I'm a little bit worried about what's going to actually happen mm-hmm. when I'm. I, I want to test it. I want to go. This is actually yeah. a great place, by the way. Where is Carmine's? Yeah. Okay. I, That's where they were, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I want to go into a restaurant and see what they do to me yeah. and see what happens. You know, I'll film it for sure, and we'll, we'll come <laughs> yeah, back I was on just the show. Say, yeah, please please do. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it, it's really disappointing. That's where we're at. But it, you know, I think that some people think that the left will 
care about this because it's it's African Americans and you they're going to say you well. wonder if they're going to care about and say okay fine maybe we'll do less yeah. but it's like they've been keeping black people on welfare in this country and not caring about how their their economic standing has been for years and years you know things implemented by the left minimum wage laws to keep them down so I don't really think that they care at all and mm -hmm. I think they're just going to continue to push their power grab on people even so so Andrew just to go off of what Will said so do you agree or disagree with with what Will said, the premise that the left will continue not caring. Because I agree with you, they don't care, but I wonder if I, for I, appearances' I that, sake, I, I think they have to keep they it up. They think that they can buy people off with the promise. They're basic, if we're Yeah, you may not raise, be able to get into a restaurant, but we're still going to yeah, pay we'll, for we'll, your, we'll, yeah, we'll give you something to make you happy and go away. Mm -hmm. um, I think they should be scared when that guy sounds like anyone that could be sitting at this table, right? You're, right. you're saying the exact same stuff, a little more theatrical, but you're <laughs> saying the, the exact same stuff. And the other side of that is that when this was first reported, it was Texas women, right? Now, there are black women in Texas, there are Hispanic women in Texas, but the image, the, the media, like the horses, they wanted this to sound like MAGA hat wearing people. And then it turned out, oh, wait a second, it wasn't a bunch of MAGA hat wearing people. and the poor hostess was Asian. So the stop Asian hate stuff, we didn't hear anything about that. But <laughs> Car the, the funny thing about Carmine's, I've eaten that one. The real famous one's in Times Square. So everyone knows the palm with the, 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 the celebrity pictures on it. Right up the block is Carmine's. It's a very, it's where everyone goes after the theater or before the theater. It's a very, very famous restaurant. So they opened another one on the Upper West Side. I would not, I'm not surprised that tourists would find that place. Mm -hmm. No matter who they are. Yeah. I, it really is just fascinating to watch. You know, all of this messaging has been so bizarre. You know, we had, um, after two consecutive months of increases in vaccine rates per day, to the point where they doubled in two months, then Joe Biden came out and announced a vaccine mandate, and now they've lost 50% of the gains that they had made over the past two months. It's as if they have absolutely no idea what they're doing at any point in, the, in, in this entire crisis from beginning to end. It is as if, isn't it? I, I think they... I I want to give them more credit, actually. Okay. I think they do know what they're doing, mm. as, yeah. as horrible as it is. Yeah. But I think that they actually do know what they're doing, and I think that it's all kind of coming together to demoralize Americans. I yeah. think that it gets to a point where it's like, I live in Los Angeles. I mean, you guys are here in Texas, yeah. which is, of course, a little bit better. But in Los Angeles, I can tell you that many people just feel like, oh, I have to go and fight against this again. I have to go and, and talk to my business or my church or whatever and fight against it again. We are, uh, I am not, but most people in Los Angeles are demoralized at what has happened. And I think that they know that. I think they know that they can keep pushing these things and keep telling people about it and eventually people to say, I can't do it anymore. I'm tired and I, I got to provide for my family. There's nothing else I can do. But That's why people are moving here. Right, right exactly. Right, but don't you right, think this is, gonna, this, this is a, yet another one of those places where we sound the same. Again, the, the Democrats ought to be worried. When I'm not saying these people are going to all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, that, that Harlem and the Bronx are going to be outposts of, of, of MAGA. This Trump did MAGA get more country. votes. He did get more votes in 2020 in Harlem and the Bronx than he did in 2016. But this is the kind of thing that at least makes people go, you know, maybe I'll read that book or I'll listen to that radio show. Yeah. Maybe those ideas aren't so bad after all, like school choice or the right to keep and bear arms or a host of other things that could be different than they are in the suburbs, but made, made, made ready-made for the city. At least some of these people are going to start thinking, hey, wait a second. 
just keep electing the next Bill de Blasio after another is not getting us anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We've got more to come, but we got to take a break. First, we want to thank our sponsor of this segment, Trust and Will. So uh, not this Will. Well, you should trust in me, well, <laughs> regardless. Trust in will, but also trust and will, uh, which is estate planning made easy. So if you are, I don't know, maybe you're starting out, you're buying a home, maybe you're having babies, maybe you already have the babies, you got to make sure that you secure your family's future and don't wait, all right, because you never know when you're going to need a trust and will over at trustandwill.com. It's very, very easy to use. It's uh, secure. And for as little as $39, you can nominate guardians for your children. You can figure out who gets your stuff and plan for your future future medical care, of course, from the comfort of your own home. I don't know if you guys have uh, had experience with attorneys, but they're really, really expensive, uh, especially real estate attorneys, estate attorneys. They cost thousands of dollars, and they usually have this one-size-fits-all package. Anyway, it's not specialized enough. Trust and Will documents are designed by estate planning experts and customized for the state you live in. They've got great customer support. Uh, I actually, when I had my second child, I was like, I don't have, like, I need to update everything. I haven't updated it in way too long. I don't know what's going to happen to me. You're in the mindset of like, what if something happens and my children are left with no one? And I went on to Trust and Will. It's very, very easy, very, very cost effective. You got to go there. You can get 10% off plus free shipping over at trustandwill.com slash why. That is trustandwill.com slash why. Uh, the CDC has apparently very quietly removed guidance for phasing out masks and other COVID-19 mitigation efforts in schools. Now, this was uh, uncovered through cached uh, versions of the website. They didn't come out and say, like, hey, guys, we removed all of those things that you were waiting for us to phase out. We removed them. Uh, they apparently made the changes when it updated its guidance on universal indoor masking for students, staff, teachers and visitors to K through 12 schools regardless of vaccination status on August on, on August 5th. And uh, this is interesting. It, uh, the CDC guidance on August 4th indicated that it was intended to help school administrators and local health officials determine which prevention strategies to use and how to transition out of COVID-19 pandemic precautions as community transition reaches uh, low levels or stops. So they completely removed that. And uh, now... It instead says schools should determine what additional strategies should be used as they monitor transmission levels. So when I say this is never going away (laughs) until you make it go away, I truly mean this is never freaking going away. This does not stop until you say that it stops because they do not intend to ever stop it. That's silly, uh, frankly. (laughs) Is Uh, it? Yes. There's an easy way to get masks to go away. Be a celebrity. Oh. Uh, just get really famous and rich, and then you can never have to worry about You're a mask right. ever again. You're right. Uh, I will say there's another solution, and I would, uh, of course, invite uh, Will and, and, and Andrew. Texas, for example. Florida, for example. There are, I will say, I live in a red state. You know, I, I, we, went to, uh, we went to the Super Bowl uh, last year. There's 11,000 people in the stadium, even in, even in Florida, in February. You watched the first game, um, potentially, maybe if you did, on Thursday night of the of the season, and it was absolutely packed. You know, we I, I do feel that 95% of my life here in Texas is as it was, with the exception of occasionally there's some employees wearing masks, which I find can be really irritating because these businesses are just not 
they're, not, they're just not even bothering. They're just trying to protect themselves, you know, and I don't like that. But generally speaking, things here are, are different. There I were have, some school districts who yep. went against the mask mandate yep. ban, and they were still enforcing mask mandates. There were a few. Um, there were a few in, in some uh, cities in particular. I'm not saying it's perfect. That's, yeah. you know, 95% is not 100%. Uh, and if you live in New York, if you live in L.A., there's a lot of, there's a lot different. I have people, who, uh, friends of mine who live in New York, and they, they were telling me about the restaurant. But I'll be interested to see your experience yeah. with this because uh, they say some people really do uh, enforce it. Some don't. Yeah. You know, there's a lot. There's plenty of places that will let you in without it. They're not going to check. You know, even though they're supposed to, they're not bothering because they know people don't want that. They yeah. don't look. It puts there's them one, in a really weird position. It puts them in an impossible yeah. position. They have to investigate your your medical history right. and what medications you've taken. Like, I, I don't feel comfortable talking to to people about my medical history. That's just weird. Give me chicken parmesan. That's your job. Yeah. That's your I'm job like is the, not my doctor. The high school kid working at Chipotle who folds my burrito. <laughs> Yeah. is now asking me about my vaccination status. Like, how weird Bizarre. is that, you know? Yeah. That's, like, such a scary situation that we've got ourselves in. So I think it takes people, actually, people who work at businesses and people who run the businesses and also people going in to all kind of say, we've had enough of this, and to just not do it anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, just not complying with these mandates. A mandate is not a law that says, you know, you are going to go to jail if you don't comply. I mean, it takes a lot of people to all do mm-hmm. it, because you're talking about normalcy in Texas. In Los Angeles, I mean, everywhere I go, I'm getting cursed out for not wearing a mask. Jeez. A lot of people come up to me. I'll be at the farmer's market. The farmer's market is outside and I'll be still like one of the only people without a mask and they will come and say things to me about not wearing a mask. Golly. And so it's... I couldn't... I'd be thrown yeah, in jail no, by now I'm, if I lived I'm there. I'm ready to leave. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can imagine, Andrew. You even see a contrast. I live in New Jersey. There's like even a yeah. contrast with, yeah. with New Jersey. It's like, we're looking across the river like, you guys are nuts. <laughs> and, and in my town, it's funny, one of my neighbors is a police officer in the town where I live and he's like... This stuff puts law enforcement in a really awkward and uncomfortable position yeah. because you're telling us to enforce something that we know is not the law. Right. He's like, we're law enforcement. Right. He's like, we can't go around, you know, making people do things just because we said to do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you saw like one of the things in New Jersey was you couldn't sit at the bar. You could sit at a table, but you couldn't sit at a bar. So you know what the bars did? They pushed tables up against the bar, and people sat at tables <laughs> attached to the bar. Right. So, like, that literally did nothing. I mean, yeah. but, in, in, like, where I live, kind of northwest New Jersey, you don't see, you see occasionally people wearing them. And if they want to, that's fine. If it makes them feel better, if they have some issue that, that they should sure. rightly wear a mask. But you don't, where I live, I don't see that sort of like what you're saying, that sort of like in-your-face mask Karen, you know, sort of approach. At our farmer's market, I didn't see anyone wearing a mask. So, yeah. you know, maybe one guy. or two people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. All right. Uh, we got to take a break. We'll be back. I was on, I do one to all these, like, mom's Facebook groups, right? Will, uh, you, of course, are the best-selling author at the table. Um, I Look, you had a great career already. You have a great career. Writing a book is a lot of work. It's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> Why do it? Well, I did it because if you guys have seen my videos on PragerU and ever watched me go around on campus or on the street in Los Angeles talking to people, um, the pinnacle principle of those videos has always been to change minds. You know, there's a lot of kind of red meat type of conservative content where they kind of just want to make the left look stupid. And I said, no, I want to go and change people's minds. And so this book essentially is on 17 different political, cultural topics, each each one with the, the arguments that the left gives and then also the questions that you can use to change people's minds, how to break down all of their arguments on all 
these different topics. So I want everyone else to be able to, to do the similar things that I do and the PragerU team does. Do you find that when you focus uh, a lot more on culture type issues, it moves the needle? Because I know as conservatives, we're so fixated on like numbers and you know taxes and how much you're going to pay. And I feel like a lot of people's eyes glaze over and they're like, I, I don't. I don't understand that. I don't, that doesn't resonate with me. But when you start talking culture, maybe they'll listen more. Yeah, on a cultural standpoint, it is much easier to change people's minds, especially mm -hmm. when you're asking them questions and not telling them what to think, but they're right. changing their own mind. But you can tell you, I, I did just did this the other day with illegal immigration on a lot of stuff and was able to change a lot of minds by using just the numbers and the facts. And, you know, it costs $200 billion a year for illegal immigration. Average California households, $2,500 a year yeah. in taxes. And you can ask questions by using those facts to change people's minds too so that's awesome well uh, i can't wait to read it it is how to win friends and influence enemies it is available as will said on amazon but also at uh, you know your local bookstore if you don't want to support jeff bezos all right thanks gentlemen Thank we'll you. see you tomorrow thanks for listening to the news and why it matters we hope you enjoyed the podcast if you'd like to watch the program become a blaze tv subscriber and start your free trial now at blaze tv.com